Welcome to the Molding Private Practice Show, where we help healthcare practitioners in private practice keep true to their purpose and build a life of mastery by providing the knowledge, skills, and tools to bring their dreams to life. In this episode, we speak about having a content creation mindset and becoming a better communicator over time. Hi, Shaz. Ready to go? Hi, Oliver. Ready to go. Um, so, well, I just made the first mistake, but um, so we've been doing this for a few weeks now and I, and I do want to say hearing myself on audio sounds weird, especially audio for some reason. And when we embarked on this, on this project, I, I thought the, the one thing I wanted to get out of this was to become a better speaker, to produce obviously more content and most importantly, to help our, our current clients and, and potential clients looking to work with us. But having said that, is listening to myself on audio, and I notice you do the same thing, is we say you know a lot. And um, so as part of this getting better, um, and also the um, so I did it again. But um, yeah, so over time, um, I'm going to be conscious of that and see if we can try to eliminate some of those mannerisms that we have. On the flip side of that, it's actually real. I mean, this is exactly how if a client came through and they'd be talking to us in our boardroom, how we would normally be. You know, it would be Kristen Chaz or Oliver and Chaz um, in the boardroom and talking to them in that way. Um, what do you think about that? Look, I definitely think it's very much, you know, what you see is what you get. Uh, who we are is who we are. And any client coming through will have the same experience whether it's on a zoom call or sitting in our conference room uh but listening to yourself you do pick up a lot of mannerisms such as the little ums and you knows uh the other one is that we both tend to go i agree so listening to yourself is fairly surreal in trying to see how the product has come out at the end of it. Uh, the same as when you listen to yourself on a phone call, I guess. You kind of go, do I really sound like that? Yeah, there's something, there's something about that. I've been listening to podcasts for years now. So putting, the, you know, putting our audio version onto the, you know, the car, car sound system and hearing myself, I'm almost very critical of that because obviously I've been listening to podcasts and I know, you know what's, what sounds good and what doesn't. And um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a learning experience. It's definitely one for me. Uh, from a background point of view, you know, before we go into the content for today, um, I grew up in a Christian background and, and uh, you know, we used to do these, these preps every few months where, you know, someone would mark you on how well you spoke because public speaking was a big thing for, especially for, for, for men. Um, and then in school, you know, we always have speech, had speeches, you know, to do. And, um, I would always get selected to do the speech in front of the whole school, obviously much to my dismay, but um, that's how it is. But doing this, I mean, I, I still realize this, there's tons we need to learn and, and also me as a person that needs to learn, uh, which we fully committed to doing. Um, I definitely want to remove the ums and the you knows, and over time, this should become better. So going into um, today's content, I thought we should talk about content marketing for any healthcare practitioner in private practice. And the other benefit of, of doing this in terms of picking these topics is to be able to see how we measure against that. 
I'm, I'm a huge fan of not being hypocritical. So if we're telling our clients to do certain things, the question always would be, are we doing it? And if we're not doing it, I never think it's fair that we ask someone else to do it. Uh, to the point where when Chris and Shaz yourself as well um, started doing presentations for healthcare practitioners at their workshops and conferences, I always mentioned that if I wasn't prepared to stand in front of that audience and tell them what we needed to tell them in terms of our products and services, I couldn't expect anyone else in the team to do that. So by the same, you know, in, in a similar fashion, if we're not following this, these principles in our own business and with our own products, I think it's very unfair for us to, to ask our clients to follow that, that process. Firstly, because we don't really know if it works or not. And secondly, you know, we don't think that it's important enough that they do it. Why should they do it? So the other thing that I wanted to get out with this content is I don't want it to just be a Oliver and Cher show where we come through and give us, give, um, give the listeners our opinion. And that's kind of how it is. Um, I don't quite work like that. And I always use an academic background. And I think with our target market, that probably works quite well too because they do come with an academic background and that's how they got into the profession that they're in. So when I say an academic background, I mean, we always reference a book or we reference some line of thinking in terms of this. The books themselves should be fairly well known. They should be almost authorities in their space and they should bring across the idea quite clearly in terms of the idea that we ask or we showing or telling to our prospective clients. So the book for today, um, it's a book by Joe Polizzi, and it's called Content Inc. And if I go through it, um, he talks about, I mean, content, and, and the reason he uses ink is, I mean, this is a whole business that you can go into. And there's, there's various factors. Obviously, I don't want this to be a book review because, you know, we're not in school anymore. But based on, on the content, I want to see how this applies to our target market as well as how does it apply to us? And then we can kind of segment the, the discussion based on that. So the first thing he talks about is, is having a sweet spot. So that is mixing a knowledge area or skill with a passion area. Now that's quite important because, I mean, we know this. If you, if you hate doing something, you're not going to do it. And so what he's saying is that you should know something about something, and then you should be passionate about that in terms of, of getting up in the morning and talking about it. And then... If you can get those two areas married, you, you have that sweet spot. The second part is the content tilt. So he says, look at a traditional content niche defined as slightly off-center to create a true differentiation area. So if I, if I compare that to what we're doing is we've always said, and, and that's our big idea or one of it, is that healthcare practitioners, as soon as they become as soon as they go into private practice, they become a business owner. Now there's tons of content around being a business owner. Um, there's MBAs for that. There's, and there's, there's, there's a huge amount of thought and, 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 and information for that. But I would argue there's not as much information on healthcare practitioners being in business and the challenges around business in a healthcare practice. And that's kind of our top content tilt. So we're taking traditional business ideas, traditional ways of thinking around business, 
and we're applying it to a healthcare practitioner in private practice and say, and, and are telling them, this is possibly a way that you can approach your private practice. By using our, our consulting experience, we're actually testing that in a live, live environment. So again, it's not just we coming up with an opinion on this and we're putting it out there, but we're actually testing it live on, on real patients, on real practices where we can say, actually, this does work. The third one was building the base. So he talks about picking one channel. And if I equate that to what we're doing with this content is not only are we creating the video, which is amazing, um, it's also the audio, which we spoke about at the beginning of the, of the episode. So that goes out onto you know, the, the various audio channels like iTunes and, and SoundCloud. And then also from the video, that can go out to YouTube, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, and then also our, our, our personal Vimeo channels and in the website as well. So just from the one bit of content, we're kind of building the base across these, these different channels. Now, that's not exactly as he says it because he, he says you should just pick one channel. Um, but the way we kind of approaching this is to say, we've already got the content. There's not too much more work to put it out into different formats, into different channels. But our core focus is definitely Facebook and LinkedIn. So that's, that's where the majority of our current clients and our prospective clients are. And that's hopefully where anyone listen, you know, wanting to see or listen to us, they would be able to, to, to find that. Then he talks about harvesting the audience, and that is converting the publishing activity to an asset of subscribers. Now, I think it's the next episode where we plan to talk about email marketing software. And this is quite important because, yes, people are, are listening to the content and reading the content and watching the videos, but are they easy? Is it easy for you to reach them next week and tell them, actually, I have this new, new video out. Would you, would you mind looking at it or will, the, will you find this useful? And that's quite an important thing. So it's not just you putting the content out, but it's how do you build up your list of people that are actually interested in what you're offering in the world. And then he talks about diversification. So he says, at the proper time, expanding the publishing process to additional channels. So I just spoke about that. And so you can have as a strategy, just one channel that you're publishing to, or you can have multiple channels that then you diversify into. Our strategy is, while well, we have the content, is to put the content into as many channels as we can, but knowing that our core focus is still Facebook, LinkedIn, and our own blog. And then the last step, and this is the most interesting one, because it goes with the private practice methodology that we spoke about at, at the beginning of the show, or the first episode of the show, and that is monetization. So. It's great that you're putting out the content. It's great that you're building up this audience. But if you're not finding a way that you can make money from the, con the, the content that you have as well as the audience that you have, then there's a problem with that. And, and we, again, we don't have to be weird about the, the concept of making money off the audience, but it's about providing value to that audience. So let's assume that you have 200 people that subscribe to your show and that really enjoy this content that every week you're kind of putting out. 
if you can give them a book or special notes or some way that they can they can purchase something from you over and above that is great that that is exactly what you need to do and so in our case i mean that's that's our products and services there's software products there's consulting services there's information and that's kind of what we do in terms of this. So anyone that's listening to the, the, to the show and they really like the content and you know, they, they like um, listening to, to Shaz and Oliver around talking around these things and they find it beneficial, hopefully they look at our website at some point or they, they subscribe to our email list and they, and they say, yes, I, I would like to get more content from you in the future. And yes, I'm, I'm interested at some point in the products that you also offer um, to me. So Jess, in terms of in terms of the content strategy, do you have any examples of how we as a kitchen team are using this? Well, as a kitchen team, we started a while back originally with email marketing. And moving on from there, we looked at how do we attract a different market scheme as opposed to just blanket emailing people. We started to vet and target healthcare practitioners in private practice by adding them on LinkedIn and Facebook. And from there, able to put out articles that we've written on topics that would interest a healthcare practitioner, such as now, are you charging the correct medical aid rates? What are the benefits of building a website? How a website can assist your practice? So we started putting out what you could call value-added content across our platforms. So our LinkedIn profiles, our Facebook profiles, um, blogs on the, on the websites, using that as a methodology to get information out to prospective clients without that cold that cold calling feel of, hi, I'm Joe, can you please phone me so that we can make a deal? These kind of marketing things give your clients, in fairness, something of content, something of value that they can look at and make the decision of, yes, I want to deal with this person. And from there opens your potential sales door. So definitely the blogs and use, utilizing LinkedIn and Facebook have helped us from a marketing aspect. Taking that one step further, as we put up, mentioned speaking at conferences and events, this comes from people being able to find you online, looking at the content that you have, finding value in it, and from there, potentially inviting you to be a speaker or a guest at an event where you can target a lot more potential clients. But not only that, you get recognized for your expertise without using that content marketing strategy, we might not have had the opportunity to speak at as many conferences as we have had. Back to you, Oliver. Yes, I like, I like what you just mentioned now. Um, so I think if I had to relate that back to how how would our clients be able to take something out of this and how could they start with something? I think it's quite unnerving to, to kind of put, what, put together something like what we're doing right now. And, and I think you, you have to start somewhere. So I would always, we always recommend this to our consulting clients or our managed service clients is that start with a website. 
or, or decide, you know, maybe Facebook is your channel, but I definitely recommend going with a website. And the reason I say that, and, and you can do as much research on this as you want to, but the website is owned by you. That means that all of the content that you put in, all of the things that you want to, to expand to, it's completely controlled by you. If you do the research on this, the social media platforms, whether that be Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram, are constantly changing. They also change the algorithms in the background. So if you think that you have 10,000 Instagram followers and all 10,000 Instagram followers get your updates when you send it out in the morning, that's normally not the case. Most of the social media platforms, they actually they, they block that in the hopes that you advertise so that you can then get in front of all 10,000 of your followers. Now, that doesn't quite make sense, but that's exactly what happens. Um, Facebook definitely does this, and you need to boost your post or, or something to that effect to be able to get to that level where you can do that. Now, on your blog, you're not limited by that. If you tell someone, please go look at um, our, please go look at our blog, and it is practitionera.com forward slash article one. Everyone that you point that to is actually going to see that. And when you, and if they're subscribing to your email and you send out that email, everyone will get that email. Obviously, if your email is not marked as spam or anything like that. But if they, if you have sent out the email to those 10,000 people, 10,000 of those, those uh, of your audience will then get that, that email. And that's the reason that we recommend having a, a website or a blog. So that's where you start. And then what you can start doing, we always recommend start with an area of interest. And when we say this, our, our clients always give us that quizzical look you know, about why, why an area of interest or how can I do that? And then it's my turn to give the quizzical look because I always say when, it, when a new client or a new parent comes through for the first time and they're considering therapy or they just came for therapy, practitioners do that automatically. They tell them about everything. And so, for instance, if someone came through and their child was struggling with sensory integration issues, the practitioner would go on to say, what is sensory integration issues? How would therapy help? How would the child possibly benefit from, going, from having the therapy in terms of the, sens the sensory integration issues? So it's definitely not, not a difficult thing to do. And we've actually helped clients where we've, where we've done almost like an, like an interview, like, like we, we're doing the show now. And then we transcribe that into content that they can then put onto their website. And that's a strategy that works. Uh, we live in a world where there's so much of opportunity. I mean, whether you want to be a writer or you want to be a speaker or you just want to get in front of the camera, I mean, you can do all of those things from, from your smartphone. You don't have to get fancy equipment to do that. You, you have everything at your fingertips. So that's, that's what I would recommend to, to every client that's considering content for their private practice in terms of growing their private practice. And then the next step up, if we keep close to the book, would be how do you take some of that content and how do you start thinking about what other things you can provide? Examples that we give to our clients are special guides. So for instance, if my little boy was coming through and he was struggling with a certain thing in therapy, if I could get the list of 50 exercises, that he needed to do. I would willingly pay for that. Obviously not an exorbitant amount, but, but if you could do that, that's another way that you can monetize um, something, some asset 
and, and have that purchased by many more people. I mean, in that same scenario, you, you can think, I just saw the guide and I thought this is amazing. And then I referred it to my social circle or, or professional circle. And then five other people bought the same thing because their kids are struggling with something similar. So not only does it, does it help from a referral point of view to therapy, but it also helps from a monetization on something that you can resell quite easily. And that's, um, that's all of the points that I would have. I don't want to go into too much of detail on each one of those. Obviously, to say that if anyone is still struggling with this idea, you know, maybe just speak to us and then we can guide them in the best way. In terms of our clients, Chess, is there, is there anything that you picked up from our managed service clients where you say they're actually doing a really good job with their content marketing? We have a few managed service clients who have really ramped up their content marketing. Um, one of them is doing a bi-weekly newsletter more than anything to give people relationship or coaching advice with the ultimate goal of them signing up for therapy with her or for a course that she's offering. Now, the amazing thing with that is when she does her email newsletter, she is also updating it across social media platforms with a link to a blog. So people have got access to this content. And as they look along, ultimately, it could result in either therapy or the purchase of an online talk, webinar, or video. But the strategy takes time to build up. And it's definitely worth it when you start seeing the results of the amount of referrals coming in because somebody has forwarded an email to a family member or a friend saying, you know, I know you were struggling, but have you seen this? Or, you know, go to this site. There's some really good helpful tips to use. These kind of media methods do definitely help to build that up. We have another client who uses exclusively a blog that they link to two of their social media platforms. So again, Although social media doesn't quite get the numbers that you want, a couple of shares here and there and you get somebody coming to you organically that might not have already been on a mailing list. Um, this client has now also just started with a weekly email newsletter and on their website, just put a very basic pop-up that says, you know, join our newsletter. It costs nothing for anybody to join it, but what it does is it starts to get people into that environment. And as they start getting the content, when questions or queries come up, it can and often does result in a potential new therapy patient or a potential online talk or book or video or course being bought just from having that really good dedicated niche content going out. So again, pick an area of interest and focus your content on that because your newsletter people, your subscribers, your audience, that's what they're subscribing to. So when you start branching out, you need to be very careful not to alienate that audience. But we definitely have a couple of clients that have really taken the picked the content and picked what content they wanted and have started to just ramp up how they get it out. And we can definitely see them getting the benefits on an almost weekly basis of new therapy sessions or new products being bought. 
So what I like about what you just said was you seem to indicate that there was already a monetization strategy in place with the content, which is which is the full tilt. I mean, that's exactly what um, what Joe Polizzi in in the book talks about, and it's and it's great that our clients are are starting to to do that, and that's resulting in good success as well with it. If I um, if I just talk about just closing up the the topic around this is um, again I'm going to reference the book. It will be in the show notes on Content Inc. I mean, I, I, as I said before. I don't want to do a, a full book review around it. I mean, there's there's really good ideas. I think we we pick the main ones, which I think resonates with us, and it reson it should resonate with our target market. I do want to say with with the content, it's very easy to become despondent and say, I've, I've only got 50 followers on Facebook, or I've only got 100 people reading my article, or I've only got you know 50 people listening to my to my podcast or my audio transcription or, or reading the audio transcription. And in our experience and doing many conferences and many workshops, you know, across the country, you know, over the last few many years, the way I always think about this is in many of the workshops, there's only between 50 and 100 people. I've been in, in workshops where there's as little as 10 people. And the idea behind this is if, if you imagine getting together or, or getting ready to do a presentation to 100 people, how would you feel about that? In our experience, you should actually feel pretty good. So if you approach your content in the same way, that actually, yes, I'm only presenting to 100 people, that's still amazing because that's only the start. Over the next week or the next months or the next few years, you'll have many more people looking at that and you don't even factor those into your original, into your original content that you produced. So I would say don't get despondent with the numbers, as we won't as well, in terms of how many likes we have, how many followers we have. I think as long as we're offering value and, and we feel good about the content that we're offering and we feel that the content has value and, and we don't find that there's many other people talking about the same things in the way that we're talking about it and applicable to healthcare practitioners in private practice, we'll keep doing this. It's obviously important to measure whether this is successful or not, but that we'll get over the next few months, if not the next few years. The most important thing that we take away from this, this episode is just to say, you do need to have a content marketing strategy in your private practice, and you do need to do that consistently. Is there anything else you want to close off with, Chess? Well, I think that's everything. Don't get despondent. Take your time, build up your content, find your niche, and just Work at it every day. It's the same as when you started at university or started at school. You didn't know everything to begin with, and you had to learn as you go along. Same with content. You will see what does work and what doesn't work, but nothing happens overnight. Just keep going. If you have somebody unsubscribed, don't take it personally. You'll get a new subscriber coming in. Make sure, though, that you are consistent with your marketing. If you Sending out an email weekly newsletter, make sure that it goes out every week because consistency will also result in growth. It'll grow your audience and ultimately from there grow your practice. Keep at it and you will find that it will start to bear fruit. Fruit tree doesn't grow overnight. Sometimes you get great lemons and great fruit this year. Next year, it's a little bit slow, but you know the, fr the 
tree is going to bear fruit. Just keep at it, keep watering it, keep growing it, and you will see results. Mm. That's actually interesting that you mentioned that as well, because when we bought the current offices that we're in, there was a pomegranate tree. Um, when we went through to sign the offer, there was this pomegranate tree and it had so many pomegranates. And last year, for some reason, I didn't see any pomegranates and I always thought, okay, maybe the tree is dead. And this year, lo and behold, there's pomegranates on the tree. And we didn't do anything special in order you know, for that to happen. So I think just trust the process, you know, make sure that you consistently watering and just keeping it consistent. Um, and I think the results will come from that. Thanks, Jess, for another great episode, and I'll see you on the next one. Super. Catch up with you tomorrow. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. As always, stay tuned, and we'll speak to you in the next episode.